Life Audio. Today we are picking up our conversation where we left off, where we're talking about how Jesus seeks us out and calls us to join him. As we wrap up the week study on Mary of Bethany, I pray this episode blesses you. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. This is part two of the conversation we started yesterday. So Mary is seated. Now, remember, we first saw Mary seated at the feet of Jesus as a disciple. Then we see her seated in her grief where Jesus comes to her. And now we're seeing her seated at the feet of Jesus again. Um, Again, a posture of being a disciple. She is seated in a place of obedience. And the act that she does with the pure nard... um, seems foolish to everyone else in the room. And in fact, we go in the in the, the full study, we go into the value of the nard and it's super interesting. I would encourage you to check that out. But in all likelihood, this was um, something incredibly valuable that had been passed down for generations. And remember, um, Bethany means house of poverty. They were in an area, they lived in an area where there was a lot of poverty. And so for, for the fact that she had saved this, when it could have radically changed their lives in a way that um, would have taken them out of that area of of town they wouldn't have even had to live there probably if they had cashed in on that um it reminds me of something really powerful that i witnessed when i was on a mission trip one time i was in um a south american country or no i think it was in the caribbean anyway we were in an area where um everybody that lived there was living extreme poverty i mean even the people that were wealthy their house was like a one room house or maybe two rooms it wasn't even um anything that we by our standards would consider wealth and so um we were in this area and we had been ministering in a garbage dump to some children and at the end of our trip um one of the gentlemen had this watch and he felt like he needed to give that to the missionary that that we were with. And when he did, um, it was a powerful representation. And it just reminds me so much of this story because when we got back to the States, um, we realized the value of that watch. Now he had been given it, given it to him by somebody else that had been traveling there. And he didn't know, um, I don't think we didn't know at the time how valuable it was, but it ended up being like a 40, $50,000 watch. 
And I think about how that would have changed the life of that individual that gave that watch. I mean, forty dollars to $50,000, um, even if he would have gotten half of that, for where he was living, um, the, the place that he was in in his life, it would have been life-changing. But instead, God called him to, um, in obedience, to give that to the missionary, to bless the missionary. And I just think about that, like that amount of obedience, this wasn't just, hey, I have this old watch in this drawer, I'm going to give it to you. This was something of incredible value that could have been life-changing, Had they, but but yet they still saw this more value in giving that to Jesus. And I think about how God has shown me over and over again how there's nothing wasted in the kingdom. And regardless of what the world might think is foolish, um, ultimately your relationship with God, your relationship and that close abiding with Christ is more important than any price tag that the world assigns to, to anything that we have. Um, our skills, our talents, our, our, um, the things we own, any of that, um, ultimately our obedience is worth more than all, any financial gain. So again, we see Mary seated on the floor and of course, um, she has some insult thrown at her, doesn't she? You know, I um, I didn't put it together until I started to prepare for sharing this video with you guys today. But um, I have gone through a season in the last year and a half, and I mean, I guess we all have in some ways. But I've gone into see I've been in a season of transition where I have gone from being in a very public ministry where I'm with lots of people every day to a very private ministry in the sense that I transitioned into a missions role shortly before the pandemic began, and of course during the pandemic we couldn't travel, so a lot of my work is right here in front of my computer and my iPad and doing remote Zoom calls and WhatsApp calls and all those kinds of things, but. But I'm alone a lot. And as the world has started to open up, we have um, been part of an amazing thing that God is doing with a new church plant. And my heart is to jump in with both feet and just serve because I have a servant's heart. But yet I'm also in the process of sharing these words with you and um, travel starting to open back up so we're making plans for that. And so I have this, this almost like this divided heart where I definitely see God's hand in how he's been preparing me to pour back out and uh, the exciting things he's doing with a book. But because I led such a busy, chaotic lifestyle for the last decade, I have my flesh tendency is to try to jump in and help and do all the things. And um, as I was kind of even just praying through that over the last couple months, the voice of the Holy Spirit keeps saying, stay seated. And I struggle with that because I am just busy. I like being busy. I like feeling productive. I like feeling like I'm doing things. And even over the last couple months, as I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can, you know, go in this direction. God keeps saying, stay seated. So much so that even now with the new church plant where there is a lot of work to do, um, I'm starting to learn how God is using other people to, to fulfill those roles because he has pulled me out to fulfill this mission. That's a hard thing for me because especially when it's my friends that need help and my friends that are living on mission and, and I've served with for a long time, my tendency is to want to just jump in and help and, I mean, take over if need be. I mean, that's just the personality that I have. And um, I am learning to stay seated. That has been a huge mark of obedience in my life where I'm learning to just rest. And... 
I was reading this book earlier this year when I took um, a, a rest weekend uh, for a couple days. And one of the things that I read during that week is rest is a weapon. And I never thought about it like that before. In fact, I would think, well, I can rest when I'm dead. Like I got work to do. Every moment matters. And yes, every moment matters, but moments of rest matter too. Because I can't fight the enemy from a posture of weariness. So my rest, resting in him, resting in Jesus, is a weapon. And so I'm hearing this, these words, stay seated. And it wasn't until I started thinking through Mary's story today where um, Judas is hurling insults at her and questioning what she's doing. She stays seated. And I thought about that even in terms of, um, you know, any time you start doing a, a work for the Lord, uh, it's, it's predictable in the sense that you will meet resistance from the enemy. And we have a lot going on right now. We have the church plant going on and we're um, getting ready to go to the Dominican for some um, outreach ministry with children and um, the, the book coming out. Um, there's a lot where we have this target on our back. And to be perfectly honest, I was really caught off guard by where some of those targets were originating. Um, you know, Judas had been part of the pack of disciples that had been traveling with Jesus and part of that inner circle. And here we have Mary, who's seated at the feet of Jesus, being obedient to what God has called her to do. And she is pouring out her gift on Jesus. And from the inner circle, there's an attack. I wish I could say I didn't experience that, but that would be a lie. And I think my tendency in my flesh would be to rise up and fight with the truth, with evidence, with proof, with all of the things I know to be true. And yet God has said, stay seated. It's been incredibly hard for this loud mouth justice warrior to be seated. But what do we see Jesus do? He says, leave her alone. You see, he is our defender. He knows the truth. He knows her heart. He knows her motivation. He knows the fact that he has put her in this place for this moment so that in her obedience, she can fulfill the greatest calling of her life. And he has defended her against the voice of somebody in that in a circle that thinks what she's doing is ridiculous, that tries to um, be, even be dishonest in the way that he's attacking her. And what do we see Jesus do? Leave her alone. We're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll finish up this conversation about Mary and how Jesus seeks us out and calls us to join him. Stay tuned. In, in all reality, that has been life-changing for me. There have been um, attacks against my character and attacks against my integrity and attacks against my motivations, um, both personally and professionally. And my tendency is to want to rise up and fight because I'm a fighter. And instead, God has said, stay seated. And 
there have been several th things that have happened in the last couple of months where um, I had an international ministry reach out and just ask me to help them write some curriculum. Um, I had the opportunity open up to, to do some, some travel, to go introduce some new ministries to some countries that we've not worked in before. Um, the opportunities with the book where I um, have all these invitations to come in and um, just teach online to some women that want to go through the process of this book together. I know I'm exactly 100% where I'm supposed to be. I know it, but the flaming arrows keep coming. And so as I am listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, who is saying, stay seated, what I've realized is he is my defender. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't what matter if they question my motives or my intention or my foolishness. What matters is that Jesus is my defender. And so, um, I think it's important to remember what happens next after this scene. When Mary anoints Jesus with the nard, which is like um, a fragrant ointment, really, um, that fragrance stays with him. And if you go throughout the scriptures, and again, this is in the book, you will see that when there was a processional where a king would be going through a town, um, one of the things that was done in that time frame is the king would be anointed with a perfume so that before you could even see the king, you could smell him. And as he passed by, he would have a royal aroma. Mary anointing Jesus with this nard. It would have been very powerful. It was a lot. It was a huge amount. Um, the the the. I mean, the value of um, the size of that jar would have been incredible. But it was a huge amount, which meant that that uh, aroma would have likely have stayed with him as he rode the donkey. People are claiming, you know, saying Hosanna, Hosanna. As he went on that triumphal entry, he had the aroma of a king. When he walked the Via Della Rosa, he had the aroma of a king. When he was put on the cross, he had the aroma of a king. Mary was instrumental in establishing the kingship of Jesus in a way that others could recognize. Her obedience opened up the opportunity to be a witness. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be in that posture. I want to be in a place where my obedience points others to Christ. I don't always understand it. We won't. Sometimes this side of heaven, we won't. Maybe God will reveal that. Maybe he won't. But it's about my obedience regardless of what anybody else says, regardless of how it looks to anybody else, regardless of the inner circle critique, it doesn't matter. What matters is that I stay seated at the feet of Christ. Because that posture of being seated at his feet will give me the opportunity to be obedient in a way that he can use to glorify himself and advance the kingdom. 
So my question for you is, where are you seated? Are you seated at the feet of Jesus as a disciple, just learning, going through this Bible study, learning about who he is and trying to understand more? That's the perfect place to be. He says, stay there. Are you seated in your grief or your sorrow or your confusion or your religion or your anxiety? Are you paralyzed? If that's the case, I want to say the master has come and he calls for you. He doesn't want you to stay stuck there. Ultimately, the goal is for you to be seated at the feet of Christ in a way that prepares you for your greatest calling. That looks different for everybody. But it doesn't matter. It's between you and Jesus. I want to pray for you. But that's the question I want you to think about this week. Where are you seated? Father God, thank you for my friends. As they work through this study, I pray that you would move them to a posture of being at your feet. And that out of an overflow of their joy and their love for you, they will be ready to be obedient to whatever it is that you call them to do. God, I thank you that we are never so far away that you can't reach us, that in our sorrow or our brokenness or our pain, you come and you say, the master has come and he calls for you. You call us out of the darkness and into the light so that we can be obedient servants for you. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the King, Lord God. May we also have that aroma of Christ as we share the gospel with those in the world around us. I thank you and I praise you for your Holy Spirit and the way that you draw us in and teach us about you. I thank you and praise you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.